0: How's it going, everybody? My name is Adam. Get in, buckle up, and join me on this trip down the homeward path. This show is about improving at magic in spite of life circumstances that will keep you from doing so easily. If you're a husband uh, husband, and father like myself, work a full-time job like myself, or just kind of have to struggle through playing magic on a budget like myself, hopefully there's some lessons we can glean out of this as y'all follow my journey trying to learn how to improve at this game under these circumstances. This show is sponsored by Purium TGO, one of the largest collections of magic content on the web. If you're not heading over there on a regular basis to check out stuff, you're doing yourself a disservice. And we're part of the Constructed Criticism family of content. Listen, there's a lot of people that are better at this than I am that post content on that site weekly. So head over there, do yourself that favor. And let's get in, close the door, keep the windows up, and let's go. How's it going, everybody? I hope you've had it better than, honestly, I have in the last few days. Uh, it's Uh It's been a little rough, not going to lie. But we're persevering, and we're here today to say goodbye to the year 2021. In lieu of our normal setup, we're not doing... uh segments we're not doing budget spotlight we're not doing brew of the week and instead we're just going to kind of highlight the year as it were before taking a look forward to the next one so this past year has been kind of rough on the magic side of things right standard spent most of the year under the oppressive reign of 2020 design mistakes we had to deal with bone crusher giant invalidating every creature with two toughness or less Uh, we had to deal with edgewall innkeeper outpacing anything that wasn't interested in playing a short game We had to deal with Embercleave outpacing anything that wanted to play a long game. And, you know, there were the bannings of Omnath and a handful of other cards over the course of the year. It just really was not a ton of fun. Thanks to Modern Horizons 2, Modern is awesome, but it's also more expensive than ever, thanks to the demand for the format driving the prices of the fetchlands through the stratosphere. To the point that now Arid Mesa is, for the first time that I can remember, cheaper than the Allied Color Fetch lands because everybody's trying to play not Boros. <laughs> Legacy and Pauper are also largely held under the thumb of cards that were designed in 2021. Legacy under the thumb of Ragavan, Pauper under the thumb of the new Affinity cards. And then, like, we lost any incentive to really try to grind major events because there's no Magic Pro League. There's no real system for organized pro magic altogether. So, like, there's not really... It doesn't feel like there's anything to play for. You know, there's there's nothing we're aiming toward. There's no measuring stick for improvement. But there's also been positives. And y'all know how I roll, so I want to highlight them. Personally, I'm seeing a much bigger push towards an inclusive mindset for less traditional magic demographics. And this is a big deal for me, because I grew up here in rural Tennessee. There is nothing here but a bunch of white bread people of questionable belief structures and decision-making abilities. And uh, to see... People who are different than me at events is encouraging because I'm tired of looking at weird funhouse mirror reflections of myself every time I go to play a magic event. I also, and this is a big one for me, I see a great deal more emphasis placed on enjoyment and passion in the content that I consume. And that's across the board. I don't like specifically seek out that content. It's the same content I've been consuming, but there's more of an emphasis from those creators on content that they enjoy and gameplay that they're passionate about, as opposed to what they think is going to get you to the next level, because we don't know what the next level looks like. I see infinitely more interest in Commander among the normally traditional competitive demographic. And I think that's great. Uh, Commander, personally, I think is the most fun format, objectively speaking. Yes, you can absolutely play a bunch of non-games just like you can in any Magic format. And I thoroughly enjoy my 60-card formats too, but there's just something special about getting the gang together after Thanksgiving for a Commander game at the kitchen table that you don't get playing 60-card magic. And finally, on a more personal level, I'm finally taking steps to improve my health, both mental and physical. Uh, (laughs) Suffice it to say, the 2019 resolution of getting myself in shape did not go well. The only shape I'm in now is circular, and my mental health has just kind of gradually degraded over the last two years, but I am taking steps to take care of it, as have I've noted on the show a couple of times. And my partner finally kind of came to grips with who they are and admitted it to themselves and their family. And it has been a rough, kind of a bumpy road, but a rough road living truth is better than a smooth road trying to suppress who you are. So... And in that vein, we also started setting hard boundaries with family, a lot less uh, reservations about doing so, because the family has been less than understanding about a lot of things, and I finally just kind of had enough of it. I don't enjoy having to be gruff with family, but it is what it is, and we had to do it. So, with that out of the way, let's talk about what I found to be my favorite decks of 2021 and I have three the first one. And this is going to make Spencer just absolutely furious with me. I'm sure. But the first one I want to talk about is rogues because I know we all got tired of playing against them, but I really did love the new design for the rogue tribe because prior to throne of Eldraine and uh, Zendikar rising rogues didn't really have a set design. There were, largely creatures that were unblockable you wanted to pair them with stuff that let them deal combat damage and there was no real set payoff for it the best one you had was una's blackguard which would allow you to rip their hand apart but it wasn't something you could really build around because you had to have exactly una's blackguard nothing else really worked But instead, you combined powerful payoffs with surprisingly efficient enablers, and you could win in several different ways within the context of the Rogues deck, because you were interested in putting cards in your opponent's graveyard. You didn't really care how they got there, whether they got milled by cards like Thieves Guild Enforcer or Ruin Crab, or Soaring Thought Thief, or Merfolk Wind Robber, or they got destroyed by cards like Blood Chief's Thirst, Fatal Push, Thought Seize, um... The, the litany of other like single target removal spells or disruption that were available in the format and standard or historic and then drown in the lock and into the story were already powerful payoffs for mill. And then we added ruin crab to serve as an enabler for both cards. Like opening ruin crab into Fable passage felt like you were starting to fire with gasoline. <laughs> it was so good. Ruin Crab into Fable Passage gave you the ability to turn Drown in the Lock into actual split card, Counterspell, or Terminate. And then into the story, four mana draw four turns out really, really strong. So, it's a deck that I played many, many times, many, many iterations of the deck, and I really enjoyed playing it, even when it was perceived by the community as bad, Honestly, that was when I won with it the most, is because people were not packing their rogues' hate. So, we all know I love a good tempo deck, and that's exactly what rogues were. That's why I enjoyed them so much. I just, I I enjoyed playing them. I thought they were great. Uh, Next on the list is kind of in the different direction, because rogues were tended to operate on either end of the spectrum. They would either win really, really fast or really, really, really slowly by milling them out. Uh, we have Red Black Sacrifice, which pretty much always won in the middle of the game if it was going to win at all. Whether this, whether it was the standard version with Bastion of Remembrance, Claim the Firstborn, Village Rights, plumb the Forbidden, Awaken the Blood Avatar, all that jazz, or the historic or Pioneer version with Dreadhorde Arcanist and a bunch of one-drops, and then, you know, those aforementioned Village rights and thought seas and Fatal Push, Blood Chief's Thirst, Eaten Alive, I guess not Eaten Alive, whatever the... Uh, spark Harvest, I think it was. And Young Pyromancer, regardless. The deck remains an absolute blast to play. Because it's just all about value. The standard version, up until it rotated, uh, with... Eldraine Icoria available for it to use was just absolutely <laughs> incredibly fun to play. Claim the Firstborn was one of the best cards nobody played up until it rotated. Uh, it got played really heavily until they banned Cauldron Familiar and made it where Witch's Oven looked like a bad magic card. And after that point, it became one of the cards I was most excited to play because nobody played around it anymore. They jam a Bonecrusher Giant or a Lovestruck Beast into it and you're just like, take it, attack you and eat it and draw cards. Like two mana is five damage and draw two cards. That's really strong. And to say nothing of having Bastion on the field or having, uh, what is it? Uh, Witherbloom apprentice on the field to tack on extra points of damage. It was just fun. And then the, the pioneer historic version with Arcanist, you were basically junned without having to play green cards. Like you played Thought and Spot Removal. Croxa takes the place of Tarmogoyf, and then you just play a pile of cheap, efficient removal and disruption and Young Pyromancer. I love it. I, like, I loved Mardu Pyromancer, and this deck got to drop the white because you didn't need it anymore. You're able to grind, but you get a level of explosiveness out of the deck. Like, you've got some draws that feel really strong, particularly in the old standard version. That it just keeps me coming back to it wanting to work on it, even if I don't think it's very good. So, in that vein, I, I, it was just a ton of fun. And it was a departure from rogues from a stylistic standpoint. And then the one that I'm most stuck on right now is, is White Blue Magecraft. I'm a sucker for a deck that breaks a color convention. Like, it's a blue-white aggressive deck in a game that historically puts those two colors together to be very, very reactive, and I want to kick your teeth in with them. That just seems like a good time, right? Just smash some faces in, get it over with. But in all seriousness, tuning this archetype has been an absolute labor of love, and every game I play makes me want to play it more. This is the reason I like playing Prowess decks. Uh, I didn't enjoy playing Prowess decks until I started playing this deck in Standard, and I'm like, wow, this is just actually lots of fun. Let's see if this is a similar play pattern with Prowess in older formats, and it turns out it really is. So you get all the same things you want to do in your prowess decks. You get a one drop that can go the distance by itself. You get a powerful two drop and you get cantrips and ways to get those creatures into your opponent's face all the way around. That just seems like a good deal to me. So it's the one I'm still working on the most. It's the one I enjoy playing the most out of this bunch and it's, the one I will continue playing on into next year. So with that out of the way, it's time to dive into the reason for the episode. And that is I haven't done it because I I didn't do it last year because I didn't want to talk about things I had planned after the way 2020 went. Uh, It was near impossible to plan anything and feel like I was accomplishing anything. So, we're doing New Year's resolutions, and I've got, it looks like a total of five. Six, I guess. But, five that I have actually laid out steps to accomplish. The first three are magic-oriented. The first one is play more magic online. Not arena magic online, because I've spent entirely too much energy trying to maintain my arena account. Like... I'm not getting anything back from the Arena account. The big reason I play it more than Magic Online is because I can play it on the iPad and I can't do that with Magic Online. But the Pure MTGO sponsorship makes it to where I really don't have an excuse. Like, I, there's not a good reason for it other than it's just less convenient. Like, Standard is still on there if I want to play it. I don't have to worry about random digital only cards. And oh, by the way, I can play pauper and pioneer for crying out loud. It's a no brainer to me. Let's me better develop play patterns for the paper play I can reasonably expect to have. I can work on the formats that I actually want to play. I can test using Magic Online to see if I want to get these cards for paper. And if I don't like them, I can flip them. I'm not just stuck with them. So there's not really a great excuse to not playing MTGO. And the step I, the biggest step I plan to take on that is actually having episodes about things I've learned from playing leagues worked into my right ahead schedule. Like I, I have to do this now because it's on the schedule. I have to do it. (laughs) Uh, Resolution number two, play tournaments again. Fun fact, I have not played a magic tournament since I think it was the, I have not played a magic tournament since the twenty twenty one pre-release, I believe. And I played one of those that scared the bejesus out of me and I never played another one. The M21, that's the last magic tournament I played. Between COVID and depression, I haven't really felt up to playing events because like we haven't had a lot of them. And the ones we have had, I've been terrified to go to because I didn't want to be around that many people. Like, I'm already a little bit antisocial, and then you give me a good excuse and a reason for my body to not want to be around other people, and I'm just going to take advantage of it. I really enjoy tournaments once I'm there, but there's always that like l- level of anxiety I have to get over in order to go play. Like I have to get over the what if everybody thinks I'm dumb for playing this deck. I have to get over all of that. And now you tack on, hey, by the way, somebody might get you sick. You might bring it home to your daughter. So I just haven't gone, and I haven't played. I haven't played nearly enough MTGO. So I haven't been playing tournaments on there either. And then between getting vaccinated fully, like double vaxxed and boosted. A new local game store opening relatively close by. It's 30 miles away. After my previous one closed. And just kind of feeling my competitive fire come back. I think I'm ready to try again. And it may also help take the form of social media engagement for the show. In the form of y'all helping me pick my deck out. In the form of doing f and on MTGO or Arena. On that note, I want to do more social media engagement for the show. One of the things I want to do big time is revamp my Patreon because it has looked the same since I started the show. I I really do not put enough effort into Patreon. I want to post more regularly across all platforms, not just when I have episodes to upload. I want to recapture the level of enthusiasm I used to create. I used to get conversation with a lot of people and it feels like it's kind of drying up as my level of energy that I put into it is dipping and I really need to fix that and not for nothing. We finally tried it out today. You're listening to this on the new microphone we got and I tried it out. The first thing I tried it out on was a discord, a patron discord stream. So as it stands right now, I don't have time. I don't have a set schedule for when I would be able to do any kind of streaming, Patreon, discord or Twitch or anything of that nature. But it's definitely something that's on my agenda to get ironed out because my daughter potentially has a heart surgery coming up next year. And I'm going to have to be at home with the boys. And if I'm at home, I need to do something. And that's a good thing to be able to do. Uh, being able to stream and potentially, you know, if I can get any amount of support from anybody, uh, it might help pay the bills while I'm off work watching the boys. And then on the, the personal side, I need to put more of effort into being a family first father. I've let work dominate my work life balance pretty heavily over the last two years. Uh, 2020, I worked an average of 55 hours a week. This year, I've knocked that number down to about 45. I just... I I constantly worried about stuff that was going on at work. I constantly was there instead of here. Uh, I would routinely volunteer for things that would put me there instead of here, and while it hasn't just outright destroyed family relationships, it's definitely not helped them. So I want to be here at home more often than I'm at work. If I, if at all possible, I also want to be more emotionally available because I have really not done a good job of that. I've put a lot. I've spent a lot of time at home, just sitting, playing on an electronic device. Whether it's my phone, the iPad, the computer, the PlayStation. I'm not here for the family. And it's something that I have to work on. And in that regard, it also means I need to take some of the load off of my partner's plate at home. Being, more, being quicker to under, to recognize the things that need to get done here at home. And doing them instead of waiting for my partner to ask me about them before doing anything and then resolution number five is to take care of my health I need to begin the weight loss regimen I promised before 2020. I definitely didn't do it then I probably put on about 60 pounds since then uh, It's gonna begin with some uh, lower a lot of lower body work while I'm still really heavy to get maximum benefit for my legs. And then once weight starts coming off, we can transition into upper body to better tone the areas that I'm most concerned about getting the, the weight off of. Uh, It's going to be good for my knees. It's going to be good for my ankles that have been a problem. And it's going to be good for my mental health. I think to just have something I'm working on that is good for me. And speaking of mental health, I need to seek treatment to ease the mental health burden I've been dealing with. I, I really need to find an ADHD specialist and get myself on medication for that so that I can do a better job of focusing on the things that matter a la you know, taking care of everything I need to do at home before I start messing around on stuff that's supposed to be fun. Uh, do a better job of getting... Plenty of sleep at night. Do a better job of remembering to take all of my medication. Just little things like that that stack up over time and make things more difficult for myself and my family. And perhaps most importantly, I need to refresh my self-image into a more positive one. I have always held a very negative image of myself in my own head. I have, it's always been a problem for me. Uh, I grew up here in rural Tennessee where if you don't know somebody and you're not a, a sports star, you don't matter. And so I've spent most of my life thinking I don't matter. You know, somebody can find better than me. I'm not worth the effort somebody else is putting into me. Nothing, I have to I have to work harder. I have to do something special in order to get noticed, in order to get something that I feel like I might deserve or that I want and that's not a healthy mindset to occupy. And last but not least I need to try to seek more stable financial footing and that may take the form of having to be a little bit of a hardball with my job. They've been really good to us over the years, but there's definitely been some things I would really like to see changed. There's some things I would like to have improved and I would very much like to get into something that's a lot less physically demanding so that when I am at home, I'm not spending so much time staying off my feet, resting, recuperating from the physical toll of the job that I'm doing. And, I mean, if that new potential job comes with better benefits or and or better compensation, so be it but right now what I'm doing clearly is just barely enough to get by and I really need to strive for better. I need to quit being so scared of what will happen if we don't. So sorry for this one being a lot shorter than the last few episodes, everybody. I just, I really wanted to kind of lay everything out. Uh, There's not been a lot of major updates on the, the magic side for me, a lot of the stuff that I've talked about in previous episodes that I'm working on is the same stuff that I'm still working on. Uh, and on the personal side, I just kind of laid everything out now. So that's going to wrap up 2021, hopefully lead us into a brighter 2022. And I look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you there. So with that in mind, that's all I've got for this episode. Uh, If you've got questions, comments, concerns, send them to me on Twitter at HomewardPathMTG. Send them to me in our Facebook group, the Homeward Pathfinders. You can leave them down below in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube or on uh, ConstructingCriticism.com or PureMTGO.com. Don't hesitate to comment. I will read it eventually. I may not read it right away, but I will read it eventually. And, I mean... I hope everybody has a good year. This is going to be my last episode for 2021. I will be doing my next post, not new year's weekend, but the weekend after I'm taking a couple weeks off to kind of get everything together, uh, play some leagues, get myself comfortable with magic online, uh, take care of some stuff we need to do here at home, help my mother through recovery from triple bypass surgery. That's, As I'm recording right now, she's currently in the recovery room having just completed the surgery, and I will have to get back to y'all next year, but y'all be safe, be positive, and remember, always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. So laugh hard, play magic, and be kind. We'll catch you next year. Be safe, everybody.